Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Feather Your Nest with Kids Health from us at the Nest Kids CPR and Allergy. Uh, the podcast is here to help you get clear and educated about all things child health, first aid and food allergies. So take a listen and don't forget to leave us your comments and reviews. Hi guys, Heidi here from the Nest Kids CPR and Allergy. I hope you're well today. Um, today we're going to talk about top 10 tips for starting solids safely. Okay, so um, we can start weaning uh, from four to six months. So we want to make sure that that's a really exciting time for you. Um, it can be a bit daunting. It can bring lots of different emotions. It can bring a little bit of sadness of coming away from that newborn period. Um, but ultimately, um, it's a really exciting time. So here are our top 10 tips. I have a little list here. So if you see me looking sideways, I don't want to make sure I um, I don't want to forget anything. So first of all, remember that um, just because your baby is starting solids at the very beginning, they're still going to need uh, most of the milk that they're already having at the very beginning. So we're not going to be dropping feeds immediately. Um, you, you may want to reduce feeds a little but you don't want to drop a feed completely at the very beginning because really at the very beginning, they're just trying the food and they're just getting used to, um, you know, having different textures and tastes in their mouth. So um, what we actually recommend that you do is before you feed them, start feeding them their first solids, um, actually give them a small milk feed, um, you know, whether that be breasts or bottle, however you feed. Um, so that they're not starving hungry when they are trying to figure out this whole new world of solids. They, don't, they might get frustrated and they might get cross if they're already hungry. So make sure they're not really, really hungry and make sure they're going in just with a little bit of an appetite um, at the very, very beginning. OK, also think about um, when you get to the point of dropping a feed completely, uh, which can be quite quick. You know, some babies are really hungry and they take to it straight away. So when you get to the point of dropping a feed, um, just try and kind of see which one would be best to drop. So often it's not the night feed. Often babies still really love having that night feed. So just try and see like which feed in the daytime do you think your baby could do without? Which one are they less interested in? Um, you know, maybe if they're breastfed, the one where they're a little bit more distracted. Um, it's often not the night one though. So you maybe want to keep that one until, you know, whenever you feel ready to stop that. So number two is that you can actually, with those first few times, remember that your baby is probably not going to be used to sitting in a high chair and they're going to be used to being on you, whether you're breast or bottle fed, you're holding them. So maybe those first few times you might want to actually have them on your lap for those first few spoonfuls. Um, you know, this isn't wrong. Nothing, no, you know, there's no wrong way to start solids with your baby apart from big chunks of food that they might choke on. Um, but yeah, so, you know, think about having them on your lap if you want to for the first little while, just to, you know, provide that little bit of comfort. So that's number two. Number three is the spoons. So there's a reason why those brand new weaning baby spoons are plastic, small and very, very shallow. So they don't have much of a dip in them. And that's because the baby's tongue can't really reach down to scoop out food out of a deep, a normal deep spoon. So that's why they're very shallow because their tongue doesn't really work like that when they're just starting to wean. Their tongue tends to push things out of the mouth um, and that's the kind of motion they use when they're suckling. Um, so when they're ready to eat, normally their tongue doesn't keep pushing the food out. Um, but still, they can't really get down into a deep spoon. So make sure you've got the right spoons and don't just try and use a normal teaspoon. 
Number four, you normally would start with root veg. Um, the reason being is root veg is, it's naturally sweet, but not too sweet. Um, and it's quite easy to digest. And it also has a really nice smooth texture. So that's why we start with root veg. Uh, and that is number four. So number five is if you choose to do baby lead weaning, then here's a few tips. Now you can boil or steam your food when it comes to whether you're going to puree it or just do baby lead weaning. Baby lead weaning is, you know, when you've got the whole kind of, you know, bunch of broccoli and you let the child just pick the finger foods and sort of chew on them themselves. Um, but just make sure that they pass, pass the squish test. So you want to be able to just squish your finger down quite easily and for them to just sort of squish down and flatten so that when the baby puts them in their mouth, they do just kind of melt in the mouth. And remember, they probably won't have teeth at that age so that they can just smash them up quite easily with their gums. Um, so the good things for that are things like stems of broccoli, um, stems of cauliflower or broccolini. They love those kind of things. And I believe that steaming is better than boiling, I think, because... Um, it keeps more of the nutrients in. So that's uh, just an idea to bear in mind. I'm not a cooking expert though, so um, which is my husband and children will definitely uh, back me up on that. So, um, but I believe steaming is better. Um, so that actually leads us on to the next, that was number six, is steam. So if you have a look, you can get these really good steamers and it's actually really, um, it, or you can just get something that looks a bit like a colander that you put over, um, you can see, I don't even know the proper names of these things, but it looks like a colander and you can put it over a pan of boiling water. I'm pretty sure you can get them in Ikea, um, or you can get an actual electronic steamer and it's probably worth it because you can continue to steam stuff for just family meals for, you know, for the foreseeable future. It's not just for the babies. Um, but that's a good idea to steam things. And I believe it does keep all the nutrients in. The other thing is the ice cube trick. So just get an ice cube tray. If you are using puree, then you can just pop your puree into an ice cube tray, stick it in the freezer. And then, you know, when you go out and about, you just pop a couple of uh, cubes of your puree into a, you know, a, a, a tub, um, you know, let it defrost. So you can warm it up wherever you are. So the ice cube tray thing is a really good way to store foods and you can have lots of different types. I used to have an ice cube tray full of carrot puree, an ice cube tray full of sweet potato, an ice cube tray full of uh, blueberry or pear puree, and then just take like one of each and mix them together and it makes a really nice tasty meal. So that's number six. Number seven is make sure your baby's actually ready. So babies will show signs of being ready to eat. They'll, they'll be watching you put your spoon to your mouth and they'll be trying to kind of get involved in mealtime. They'll be um, maybe slapping their gums and just sort of licking their lips and looking and just watching you eat and sort of copying things. Um, but ultimately, the most important thing is make sure they're able, they've got good head control. We don't want to be feeding a baby that still has a bit of a floppy head. We need them to have good head control. So they've got that good swallow. They can sit up. Uh, they can't always sit up um, perfectly in a high chair when they're ready to eat. Sometimes they need a little bit of propping. They can still be a little bit wobbly, but as long as they've got really good head control, okay, um, then that's what we need. So they have to be ready minimum of four months. So make sure they're at least four months before you feed them, but between four to six months is absolutely fine. And that's what our guidelines say now. Um, number eight is don't think you have to go straight to a bottle. If you're weaning a child from the breast, um, you don't have to go straight to a bottle. Your baby might be able to drink out of a cup 
or a cup with a like a little built-in straw. Um, they, my first baby went from uh, breast to bottled cup like a dream because he did everything like a dream. My second child, I swear to God, is still trying to kill me. He's nearly four and did nothing by the book. Uh, he never ever took a bottle. He went from, I fed him till he was 18 months, breastfed him till he was 18 months because I was too tired to think about stopping. Um, and he never slept either. Uh, and he ended up just going straight to a cup. And I, th I thought, why was I torturing myself all the time trying to get him to take a bottle when he could take a cup? You know, he was absolutely fine with that. So he just bypassed that section. There's actually a funny story. My very good friend, because only a very good friend would do this. And if you're watching this, you know who you are. I went to a wedding when I, he was six months old. And I expressed milk painfully for days and days for this to go to this wedding. Really looking forward to it. Went off to the wedding and for her, he would not take the bottle as I knew he wouldn't. He just would not take the bottle for her at all. So she sat and fed him through um, with a syringe into his mouth uh, for hours. And, only, and she didn't want to ring me or bother me. So she just fed him through a syringe, which is just what a good friend would do and let mummy have a night out. Uh, so yeah, don't worry about the bottle. If they're not going to take it, you can go straight to a cup or cup with a little built-in straw. I believe we should avoid the cups with the um, non-drip valves. Um, however, I use them. I, I believe it's something to do with the ears. Do, do your own research in that. Um, you don't have to have things with a non-drip valve. You can have things that just, you know, when they tip it up, it comes straight out. They will learn to regulate. Um, uh, it's just messy. So you need to pick what you want to do there, but um, don't, they don't have to have a bottle. They can go straight from breast to cup, so don't worry. Um, what's the other one? So that was number eight. Number nine, learn how to help your child if they start choking. So as you know, at The Nest, that's what we do here. We have online classes. We have first aid classes all over Sydney and Canberra. Um, uh, and we also come to your home if you if you have a group of people, but just make sure that you know what to do. Take a look at our website. We have a free resource down the bottom of our page called the Virtual uh, First Aid Kit, but just make sure, or you can come and attend one of our classes, but please make sure that you know what to do in an emergency. That's number nine. <coughs> number 10, introduce those common allergy foods before the age of 12 months. We must do that. Again, we're allergy specialists. This is what this is what the guidelines say now. The only thing we know for sure as a medical profession is that if you introduce the common allergy foods, top nine common allergy foods, if you don't know what they are, go to my website, they're everywhere. Um, if we introduce those top nine common allergy foods under the age of 12 months, we know that that helps to reduce the rate of childhood allergy. It doesn't mean that we're going to be able to eradicate it, but we know that that helps. And think of it like getting those common allergy foods in there, into the body before the immune system thinks that they're an enemy. So it's like early introduction helps them think, oh, OK, this is not a bad thing, so I'm not going to react to it. OK, so it's that early introduction is really, really important of all the top nine allergy foods, the nuts, obviously, in form of butters or, or ground up, um, the fish, the shellfish, the uh, dairy, the um, the egg, the wheat, the soy, the sesame, all those things, the peanuts, all those things have to be introduced between four to six months 
and up to 12 months. So in that time period, okay? So I hope this is helpful for you today. Uh, if you haven't already, grab our free resource, the First Aid Pocketbook, which is a PDF you can download onto your phone or your computer, and you can just keep it with you at all times. It talks about choking, CPR, and other first aid situations. Um, also, if you um, want to learn what to do with a choking child or what to do in all sorts of first aid situations, head injuries, burns, CPR, um, which is a really essential skill that you don't need until you actually need, then take a look at our class page over on the nestcpr.com. Uh, we hope this is helpful and we will see you again soon. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode from the Nest Kids CPR Analogy. Don't forget to go to the bottom of every page on our website to find our freebies. Our virtual first aid kit is there waiting for you. Take care and we'll see you next week.